0: Fear and the fearlessness. Yes. All right. So, fear. And i just got to get to the straight. I'm not going to talk about Fear is uh, one of the biggest problems that we face all the time. All the time we are, I don't know, we're, we're afraid of something. We don't know what we're afraid of, right? We are always afraid of something. This is interesting. If you look at it in the childhood, the children, they are also afraid, very afraid. And if you look at the youth, very afraid. If you look at us, the old man, the elder generation, we are very afraid. Right. And we'll ask ourselves, what are we afraid of it? Some people have answered what I'm afraid of it. Some people don't. But we're just afraid. And uh, and uh, you know, I'm not going to talk, what does fear do? You know, you know it. Fear paralyzes you, to block your thinking straight, you cannot do the right thing, and uh, you know, all of those we all know. We don't need to talk. But I'd like to say, why are we so afraid? What are we afraid of? And why we so afraid? That is the where it's coming from. I do have my answers. My answers may not be acceptable to you. You may not like it. Uh, my answer, I have an answer for myself. I can share that with you. And whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not, it's your choice. I mean, you don't have to accept what I say, but it can be for your consideration. For me, because I lost so much. We lost so much in our life, in our previous life, life before that. We lose everything. We lose our youth, we lose our health, we lose our wealth, we lose our life. That's my answer for me. And we have done that so many times because I'm coming from the reincarnation background. So that's why we're afraid of it. We don't have to know why we're afraid of it. Sometimes we don't know what we're afraid of. It. Because it reminds us what we lost before. And we don't want to lose that again. So that is uh, people's lives been normally dominated by fear. And that is the reason why I attribute to it. The reasons why we're so afraid. In addition to that, there's an interesting fears we also have. There's a lot of fear, a lot of negative emotions. A lot of negative emotions. They destroy so many things. I do have a, a very interesting phrase written by first Dalai Lama. Forgive me his date. should be somewhere. Uh, in 1300s, and uh, he's uh, actually praising Para, the wonderful lady, it's uh, like really uh, Mary, it's equivalent to the Mary in uh, Buddhist faith. Actually it is Mary, when you go in the Christian, it is Mary, and when you go to the, go to uh, go to uh, Japan in Japan, it becomes a canon. When you go to China she becomes the Konying. When you go to the Tibetan India she becomes Tara. And to me that's not different. That's the same thing. So the present Tara I mean I'm not reading the whole thing. In the middle I like to read few of them. So he was praising, you are perfectly capable. It's like praising Almighty. You are perfectly capable. Capable of freeing me from all the fears of it suffering. Perfectly capable of freeing me from the obstacles of the evil spirit. Perfectly capable of freeing me from the negative emotions and the negative actions and the intense of it. And that's why you are wonderful. So I praise you. That's what the, the first Dalai Lama said. Which means we are afraid of so many, all the sufferings that we experienced before. Within our life, life before, all of them we carry. That's why fear is a, such a, a dominating negative emotion that paralyzes us and uh, uh, make us incapable of doing anything, Make us cannot complete what we want to do because the fear stops because we also had a lot of bad experience with the fear. That's the one of the reasons why. Not only that, we also have a fear of illnesses, fear of untimely death, and we have a fear of even the bad dreams and the bad signs. You know, some people will have a lot of terrifying fear. They say, well, I had this terrible sign and what had happened to me? Am I going to die? Blah, blah, blah. All of those, how many people will think? How many are superstitious? And the superstitious bring us and uh, how many times they stop us? And all of them are, when, when they are talking about seeing a bad sign. And then Another most important, not not most. there are a lot of them, I can't say most important. These are the general fears that we have, specific fears that we have is pride. You know, it's very interesting. Self-confidence is uh, something extremely important we must have. If we don't have self-confidence, and that will be it will be terrible terrible we must have self confidence i talked that last tuesday tuesday before that tuesday before that almost like three or four tuesdays i talked about self confidence but then there's another pride self confidence is the something we must have there's another pride seeing... I am superior than you, you are such a silly, stupid thing, I am much better than you, of that sort of, uh, that pride. That pride is uh, something terrible, what they destroy us, what they destroy us, they make us not a good person. People will look at us and we'll say, well, what kind of a person is that? He thinks he's the best in the world anyway. Right? So, you know what this first Dalai Lama called this? They call this a fear of a lion. You know, lions think that I am the king of uh, all wild animals. That's what they say, whether they think it or not. We make, we call it lines raw and this and that, something, something huge thing. But what really, what they do is they look down on the others. And looking down on the others, makes us not a good person. And it, it deprives us to the quality of wonderful human beings. Wonderful human beings. You know, we also, we must have self-confidence, but we don't look down on the others. We're not superior than other human beings. A lot of them think. And they make a mess out of society, such as Hitler, or for that matter, the Chairman Mao. And for that matter, even that our guy who just gone, what is his name, Saddam Hussein, and all of them, and they, have, they look down on other people and they uh, consider themselves as superior. And that is uh, one of the, our pride. If you don't control pride, pride can go to that extent. And I would like to say this, self-confidence is a must. We must have it. If you don't have self-confidence, we become a doormat, particularly when we are very interested to be, you know, with the compassionate, caring, and loving, and at that level, if you don't have self-competence, we become a doormat. Am I right or wrong? We do have, you do have that complex between these two, you know, well, I'm a caring person, I'm a loving person, if I don't do this, well, that's not right. I, have, I don't want to do it, but I should do it because I am a living person. We do that all the time. But you know, you must have self-confidence. When you have self-confidence, that includes wisdom of what should do and what should not do. Where we should lead and where we should not go. That is the self just competence alone is not enough. The competence with wisdom. What is blocking you? I am superior. That will destroy your self-competence as well because you are bound to be contradicted. That is the one of the fear, And the number two fear is the ego. Ego fear. We have ego in our so powerful. We all do, no matter how much. Even we have a self-confidence. Our self-confidence without wisdom will give the confidence to ego, not to ourselves. Can you see the difference between our ego and our self? This is very hard to see. Every time when you look inside, try to say, well, we all know this is ego talking. It is ego, it's not good. We all know that. We all say that. But when you ask the question, what is ego and what is is you or what is me? I don't want to say you. I like to say, what is me and what is my ego? Can I make the separate distinction? You have to ask the same question to yourself. Can I make a distinction between my ego and me? Who is my ego? Who is me? This is one of our biggest fear. The spiritual fear is the ego. This ego makes us not to progress on the spiritual. This ego is the one who holds us back. This ego is the one who misleads us. The ego is the one who gives confusion all the time, contradiction all the time. It is coming from ego, not from ourselves. Ourselves as a human being are always said a wonderful, kind, compassionate, caring, loving. It's a wonderful thing. You cannot get anything better than that. Fantastic, wonderful thing. Yet, this ego shadows over. And the ego identifies as ourselves. And that's why when we look inside, what is my ego and me, it becomes very hard. You can say a word. But that's my ego, it's not me. But where is me? Where is my, who is my ego? I just raised this question for you to consider. I don't expect you to have any conclusion in this for a while. I mean, for a a decade. Honestly, because this is such a thing such a terrible obstacle in our spiritual life, this ego. Really, ego identify as me, my ego. Actually, I have been a slave of my ego. I cannot function under this, you know, because my ego really standing on me. Ego will only skip few minutes when it was embarrassed. When it was embarrassed, they will skip few minutes. Then my personal head will pop up for a few seconds. That is the reason why whatever we try to do our best, we don't get it. Whatever we're trying to get it, we don't get it. Whatever we don't want to get it, we get it all the time. That is because of our ego. It's not because of it. we did not put enough efforts, could be some some cases, but mostly because of the ego. Ego is a confused state. Ego is there, they think. They are protecting us, but they are not protecting us, they are protecting evil. What they are destroying is destroying our soul. For example, compassion is uh, something wonderful. We have to have it. We should have it, we have it, but our ego tells us, well, compassion's good, let us destroy our enemy. It's the ego. The compassion is the one. The person is the one with the compassionate, so we would like to take care. But ego wants a hurt. Ego is a hatred oriented. Ego is obsession oriented. Ego confused completely. That is our biggest fear in the spiritual part. Even out of all negative emotions, hatred and all of those, but ego is the most fearful fear we have. In the spiritual field. People don't even notice. We won't notice at all. Because it's well hidden. Because if it's exposed off, there's a danger of losing. Because we are good people. You know this wisdom we talk about. We say wisdom is this, wisdom is that, wisdom is this, all all the time. But what really true wisdom really is, when we make a distinction between the ego and ourselves, when we can expose up our ego, when we can really cut the ego on the job and burst it, that is called, that is the wisdom. Buddha goes to the extent of calling everything empty. call emptiness is something very big in the Buddhist, but not empty of empty, but emptiness. is a food. So that is, they call wisdom. That is the, wisdom is the antidote of ego. And when you gain the wisdom, that fearlessness is really, we're getting, that is the true spiritual self-confidence, is the fearlessness. And we can become fearlessness because when we bursted that ego of ours. We caught him red-handed, stealing, cheating, and lying. And who is ego cheating? Us. My ego cheats me. Your ego cheats you. That's that job. Ego's job is confusion, bringing confusion and the cheated people so he can remain like a king within us, become the dictator, real inside, the biggest master, the biggest warlord or dictator or whatever, is the really our ego inside. Ourself are like a servant for our ego. Simply, you know, we've been defeated so badly, we don't want to even challenge, just surrender. That is the reality we have. True spiritual hero is the person who can really challenge our ego. Then you get the title of hero within the spiritual field among the enlightened ones. In the divine world, the hero means one who can challenge the ego. Because the ego is the one, our biggest obstacle, standing right in front of our face, not letting us know. When you have this subject called fear, that is something huge. It is dominating our life all the time, blocking our progress all the time, material world as well as spiritual world, especially in the spiritual world. That is the main thing is ego. All others, such as hatred, obsession, jealousy, all of them are egos, products. They are coming out of ego. They are not coming from anywhere. It is ego who makes this. This interesting thing, you know. They give this metaphor of elephant. The Elephant, it is so funny, huh? Elephant is a, such a huge animal. If we can make use of it, very useful, one of the best, most productive, the biggest animal when elephant is probably used, right or not? The big one, right? And very productive, especially I'm talking with the 2600 years old. When the 2600 years old, there's no bulldozers, there's no barbed cat, right? There is no all of those, no tactics, no of those, and the best, most powerful, what you can use is the elephant at that time, right? When the elephant is well turned, it is very productive, and the best, and also very kind person. I'm sorry, kind animal. (laughs) Sorry about that. But on the other hand, if the elephant is drunk, angry, lost, confused, and in the wrong way, they will spend no one if it is on the way. Just simply stamped over human beings if you are on the elephant's way. Right? You're right or you know about right? That is how the elephants function. So when the ego is functioning, it is like the drunkard, crazy elephant, elephant within us. So in this particular tradition, it even calls it fear of the elephant. Really, it's called fear of the elephant. There are like eight fears and all this. The fear of the elephant, that is the really what it is. From that drunken, crazy elephant, you get hatred. The first protection of the elephant trying to protect himself or the person they call it is the hatred. They don't want anyone around. It will be like a fire. The fire that goes through the forest. The fire, forest fire, it burns all the trees. Likewise, the hatred burns our virtues. Do you know that? According to Buddha, hatred burns our virtues. The positive karma that we have, it will be burned by the hatred. That's why one of the reasons why the hatred is so bad is because it uses all our positive virtues—it really burns all of them. Even if we work hard, we did everything. You come here, come here to come to Sunday, come here for every Monday, on all of those, you try your best. We build up some good karma, and that karma will be destroyed by the hatred. Hatred is like a fire. Fire needs fuel to burn. What mm-hmm. they use the fuel is the positive karma. That's why it's so horrifying, hatred, from the spiritual point of view. From the alternative point of view, hatred brings hatred. Hatred makes you hurt other people. When you hurt other people, you bring negative. And and the consequences of that, they will hurt us too. So the hatred is the first production of evil. So when you look into this, this is a terrifying thing within us. We have to bring awareness. And alertness and the mindfulness within that These are the three keys: awareness, alertness, and the mindfulness. Like us, to protect from the ego as well as from all this emotional fear that we talk we call call that fear itself and other emotional. We call this fear because that is something we, are, we should be afraid of. We don't know that yet. We're afraid. We know we're afraid. But afraid of what? We don't know. So we should be afraid of those. Are you with me? <laughs> I don't know whether I'm talking to myself or talking to you. Not. Hmm? not only that, from that confused state of the ego, they not only produce the hatred, they will also produce the jealousy. So, the traditional Tibetan teachers called the jealousy is fear of a poisoned snake. Do you know this hatred is called the fire? And now, the metaphor here goes the poisonous snake. You do have the jealousy because you are confused. Normally, more or less, people are here to help each other. But we always consider them to hurting us. We always consider them, oh, they're going to take over me. They're going to be, he's all going to be better than me. I have to challenge him. I have to defeat him. Always we do. Why? Because we are confused state. We are confused by the ego. The right we don't see it. A wrong we don't see it. The ego makes us confused all the time. So that's why this jealousy actually hides in that darkness of the confusion of the ego. Like the snake hides under, you know. It hides there. And then when you see somebody else doing something a little bit better than you, then he wakes up immediately. Immediately what, what the snakes will do? The poison snakes. They will spread their poison. The only thing is what they do is they separate the poison to hurt other persons. So, actually, this is a prayer, and the prayer protect me from that fear, the fear of the snake. It doesn't mean the snake here; yeah. it means the snake of jealousy. It's like a snake hides in the darkness of the confusion, among the mist of ego. And when they see somebody is doing something better, they immediately wakes up. Not only this, we also pray and seek help to protect ourselves from the fear of thieves. What do you think that is? I can give you the definition of what does thief do. It destroys All the goodness of everybody, deals every value of everybody. So I better tell you the thief over here is uh, not just an ordinary thief. It is the wrong view. I'm not very sure how much is right to tell here. What is the wrong view? This is something very funny. Let's say, if we say, hey, there is nothing called God. There is not God. Or you say, there is nothing bad. To me, what a wrong view. Wrong view. Because there is a God. And somebody said there is nothing bad. That's also a wrong view. There is something called bad. And good and the bad both exist. Am I right or wrong? There, I know many of my friends like to say and even believe it. There is nothing such called bad. A lot of people do, but unfortunately good and bad both are there, which just cannot deny. We refuse to accept bad. Fine, that's okay. But that doesn't make the bad thing go away. It comes, and we meet. Very often, people get killed. That is bad thing. The kids do horrifying things a few years ago, remember? These are bad things. They are bad. There are people of suffering. They illnesses. They're death. They're all bad. I personally has to cannot accept the bad does not exist. That is a wrong view to me. As well as good does not exist. That is a wrong view. Then why are we trying to work hard through a spiritual path? What do we hope to gain? We have nothing to gain. Why do we work hard? We might well as do it whatever we just want to do. enjoy the wonderful day which we get very rare in Michigan anyway. And rather than try to be here in the dark room. I don't mean there's no light. But but all lights are on me anyway. <laughs> so really and that, and you know, why should we do it? Why should we sacrifice? That joy outside, and rather than try to be here to learn something or to pick up something, there's so many of those, many of those. Why do we have to have a moral, ethical standard? You might as well just do it, whatever you feel like doing it. And as a matter of fact, we do what we feel like to doing it. And, uh, and uh, you should do whatever you want to do, actually true. It Just remind me, uh, Alan Ginsberg, you know, he used to say, do whatever you want to do, touch whatever you want to touch, you know, he had that long poem on that. It's a true, it's a reality. But, however, there is a something called good and a something called bad, it is natural. It is a natural, it is a reality. So that's why when you, when you don't accept bad or good, heaven or hell, if you don't accept, then we have this problem. The thief, which destroys all the sources of the goodness. Why should people work? Why should people have to put efforts? There should not be any spiritual at all. Whatever it is, just be totally happy with the material world. That's it. But it's not. We all know how good materially we are. We are not happy enough. We are not peaceful enough. We don't satisfy ourselves. We see many of those young millionaires committing suicide. We see so many of them. And it changes. Today's millionaire becomes tomorrow's beggar. Today's beggar becomes tomorrow's millennial. It changes all of those. So we really know the material is just not enough. Otherwise, we all can be good yuppies. There's no need of any hippies at all. <laughs> but they're both are there. Hippies are there, yuppies are there, at least before. <laughs> so that's what it is. The good is there, bad's there. I do know certain, like a, certain traditions. They don't like to accept badness. You know my very good friend Ram Dass, and we talk we we do talk together, we do workshops together, and he and I get along very well, we support each other, we help each other, especially when he was first sick you know and I did most of his retreats in New York, where he really made his money you know, and his living you know I did all of them for two, three years, you know, I did everything you know. And uh, you know when we said about this good and bad business, he will say, "What is that bad you say?" Either <laughs> said don't worry about it. We don't want to talk about that. You know, but uh, but on the other hand, the true reality is you got to accept both good and bad. If it's there. It's right in front of our face, as large as life. Why should we ignore? Honestly. Good is there, bad is there. Well, we just like to say hell and heaven, but nobody has seen hell. I haven't seen it. Did you see it? No. We haven't seen heaven either, but we do see the good and bad in, right in front of ourselves. I'm I'm a little funny guy, honestly Yeah. Well, I've been teaching Buddhism for a long time. And uh, that's what I do, but do I really believe? In something called belief system, I don't believe much. Unless I've seen that unshakable reason, some somehow I cannot have just belief system. It doesn't work with me. It's me, not Buddhism. It is me. It's my fault, not the fault of Buddhism. I just cannot accept or believe anything until I see a solid evidence or reasons. And when there's a solid evidence or reasons, I cannot deny. That's me. I'm not a scientist, but I function like one. I guess I can say I'm a spiritual scientist. <laughs> Doesn't that sound funny? <laughs> so I am. So when you see the good and bad, both right in front of us, as large as life, I cannot ignore. So just like good and bad here, we will see the hell and heaven in future. I haven't seen it. Hell or heaven. Do I believe it? No, I don't. But I knew it's there. But although I did not meet anyone who had come back, no, I went there. But it's obvious. Because when you do something good, we get good result. When we do something bad, we get bad result. And when you accumulate them up, it becomes big. And then where are we going to settle that? We have to settle that in hell or heaven. That's what it is. So no one can really deny that either. Even the scientists, no scientist ever said there is no reincarnation. They never said it. No, but they did not officially accept either. No one denied. And our habit, like the habit of this, hatred, Jealousy. So we carry for life after life. As a kid, you don't have to teach kids how to hate. Some really know exactly how to hate. Some have a compassion so much as a bone. You look, they are brothers, some of them. You look at them. Some some kids just would like to go and kill the insect. So you know you see the nature of the person and where they come from is from one parent with the one family with one way of bringing. But even you see the two different personality of the compassionate nature as well as chopping nature, <laughs> chopping nature. You know where they come from? It has to come from previous life. These are obviously. Even ourselves, within our own life, our memories click back sometimes. Sometimes the positions we saw it, we know, we can swear that I have been through this before. And try to remember where and what, what had happened. We can't remember. And these are the glimpses of our previous life. And, Excuse me, saying it. This is America. We have a freedom. We can say, it. "Excuse me." But you know, some of us—not so much me—I did not have a good experience anyway. But many of us have experience in sixties, right? People have taken chemicals. People have seen things Seeing things other than what we expected to be. Good and bad, oh, we have experienced. These are called glimpses of other things than what we are. You know what I'm talking about. The chemical flips. I'm talking about nothing, nothing else. You know, nothing mysterious about it. And these are the glimpses of what we have. We have possibility of a future. These are the glimpses of a possibility. What can we can achieve? That joy, happiness we enjoy. We cannot sustain. Or that miserable, horrible experience. We are glad to be out of it. All of those are the glimpses of other than what we see today. These are the good signs of there is what we call other than what we are today. You know, people like to say what had happened in 60s is horrible. But I think what had happened in 60s is wonderful. People such as you, how can you be so open if that not had happened in the 60s? That's why I think it's good. Sorry about it. Many people may not agree with me. i sorry, that's my view. So these are the very strong reasons for us to see just it's not what we are seeing here. Not what we are just living here. It's more than that. And within that more than that, we get joy, we get that fear, we get all the suffering, and we get the wonderfulness, all of them there. Right? It is. We think we are the worst. Somebody else, somewhere else is better than us. That's not true. That's not true. Many of us think, you know, what close encounter with third kind is something great. But if you really look in that close encounter with third kind, what do those people look like? Did you see those people? Right? So they, how they look like? All of those. So, all of them there. Good is there, bad is there. All of them there. As a matter of fact, we are not bad. As a matter of fact, we are quite good. We are great, actually. We are great. Because we have both pain and joy. We knew this. We are not out of touch. therefore, we are great. We understand the pain. We understand the joy. And we can choose what we want to do. That's why we are great. We can avoid fear. We can overcome our fear. We can be wonderful beings. We are wonderful human beings. But we are almost the best beings. We are only lacking little bit in this spiritual field. But that's all. It's great. Not only a great today, you know, in this twenty first century, today, we are great to be American. Not only a, we are powerful, most the superpower in the world, but we are also a spiritually very rich today. Almost every world spiritual thing has come in this country. It's here. Earlier, the Tibetans, when we were looking for the spiritual part, the best kids available out of the Tibet, send them to India. Like, a, like a 50, 60, you send them, and more than half, they'll die in the heat of India. And only about 15, 20 will come back, or maybe 7 or 8 with the great difficulty they have brought that spiritual part in Tibet. And that today is all valuable here in the United States. It is the good fortune of the great Americans today. Not only the Tibetan, but everything, both East and the West, everything is valuable here. We are rich not only in material, also in the spiritual faith. It's the greatness of our quality today. And we have to make best use of it. Many don't. Many won't even know about it. They don't like to accept. They don't want to think about it. But such as you, open-minded, you would like to think about it. You would like to help yourself. You would like to help others. You have to make best use of it. Because such opportunities are quite a rare, quite a rare, and we are there. If we can't make it, it's our fault. We cannot blame anyone except ourselves. Fearlessness, I have to talk a little bit. How to overcome these fear? So we all know about the fear. What does fear do? We all know. But how to overcome those fears? I wish I had one answer, but I don't. It is the gradual process that we have to go through. The gradual process of understanding the reality that is the wisdom that overcomes. Understanding of our life, understanding of our own capability, understanding of our own spiritual path. Understanding of how to overcome our negative emotions, understanding of how to overcome the negativity by action of positivity, and these are the key how to become fearlessness. How you can overcome fearlessness is you know what it is. You are not afraid of fear. And if you simply say, I'm not afraid of fear, that does not become fearlessness at all. So do you have to have a fearlessness with reason, value, and the conditions. The condition will be your level of the spiritual level to be able to overpower all these negative emotions such as hatred, anger, jealousy, and all of them by simple good understanding of thinking, that is wisdom. That really, that really does everything. If you gain the wisdom, even to become a Buddha is not far away. It is within the reach for us. Fortunately, as a Buddhist, I'm telling you, Buddha is something we can become. It is nothing out of touch. Nothing beyond us. It is within us. And that also within ourselves. Nothing outside to search. It is within ourselves. Internally. Within ourselves. Answer to all our fears are inside us. We have to get it. Sometimes everything is answer for me. Even the Days of our life, you know, sense of our glasses is answer for me. It tells me impermanent. It tells me it changes. It tells me all those. So, likewise, you have the answer within ourselves. We need to find it. He is within ourselves in our own hand, nobody else's hand. You have it. And you have to get fearlessness is uh, not a big deal. We can all become. But don't think if you just uh, I have no fear. I'm going to walk through the downtown Detroit without looking at anybody. Be careful. <laughs> That's not a fearlessness. That is a little bit of I don't know what you, what I have to call that careless. A <laughs> little bit of careless, not fearless, but careless. And that doesn't work that way. The true fearless would be, you should not be afraid of that lion, You should not be afraid of that elephant. You should not be afraid of that fire. You should not be afraid of that snake. There we go. So then we are all in the city of the joy. You know, the moment you overcome there, you have entered in the city of liberation. It is the joy. Place. And we can, we all can be there. Or you can bring the city here and capture it and keep it with us. We can do that. We have every possibility and be capable. Thank you.